This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, and here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope it's a payday for you. Maybe for you bi-weekly and Weekly wage earners, today is a big day. And maybe you can get out and go do some cool stuff this weekend because, you know, Mississippi State's playing a little football here in Starkville. Maybe you can get out and go check it out. If you don't have tickets, there are plenty of places to go for sure. You can gather with friends. You can uh, gather around your own television set, which is kind of kind of lame, to be honest with you. If you don't have friends around to watch a game, it's just not as enjoyable. There have been some changes to the schedule, as you guys are well aware. LSU, Florida not playing this week. Miles Brennan would not have played, according to Coach Ed Orgeron. Florida had uh, some positive COVID tests. Southern Miss and their game with UTEP has also been postponed, as Missouri and Vanderbilt. And so I know, and I'm going to be as nice about this as I possibly can be, there are some people among our ranks that have just been waiting for the chance to freak out. And so this is that moment in their mind. So here's, let me take a step back here. Guys, the system is working, okay? The system is working. Players are tested three times a week. And positive tests and those who have the virus are being identified, They are then sequestered and quarantined away from the team. They go through, uh, you know, medical tests and that sort of stuff. They are observed and supervised by professional medical people that are extremely well-educated, very experienced in what they're doing. And when the roster threshold drops to below a certain level, they postpone the game. That's what everybody agreed to before we, uh, you know, even got going. So the system is working. But I know there are some out there. There are those that kind of trade in fear porn that uh, want you to feel like, oh, my gosh, the world's about to end. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. I mean, and it's not going to end because of, uh, you know, some some virus out there. It'll it'll end, I guess, when uh, when the good Lord decides that it's going to end. But be that as it may, take a deep breath and relax. Because all of a sudden we hear, oh, Nick Saban's got the virus. There's blood in the streets of Tuscaloosa. No, Nick's fine. Matter of fact, we've had daily updates ever since uh, Nick Saban tested positive. And Coach is like, you know what, I feel fine. I didn't even realize that I had it, which is the case for most people. If you continue to watch this, the uh, you know the, the positive case numbers are kind of trending along there. There have been a little bit of an uptick, but uh, hospitalizations and deaths are still way, way down. I had somebody tell me at a book signing here a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, somebody in the medical profession, I won't mention their name. doesn't matter. And said, you know, as viruses begin to mutate, they weaken. And that's what he believes that we're seeing now. And so you're still seeing a lot of uh, positive tests. But the severity of the, the people that, that received that positive result, it's going down. Now, I know some people that might argue a little bit that even though they didn't have to go to the hospital and even though they, they're still living, it absolutely sucked to have COVID. You know, the, the, the fever was awful the first three or four days. They slept all the time. Uh, and, and listen, very fearful at times that things may get worse and they might have to be hospitalized. So I, I say that to encourage you. Do the things that you know to do to take care of yourself. Do the things that you know to do to take care of your neighbor. I I have been, you know, out on some book signings here in the last couple weeks. And, um, you know, I wear my mask. You know, I I do. And uh, there are times, you know, you kind of pull down when you go outside or whatever. You do interviews and that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, by and large, people are complying. But uh, I stopped at a gas station. I won't say where. uh, On the way home from book signing this week. 
put on my mask to go in the store. I had a sign up that said, hey, your mask required for entry. And listen, I always wear my mask around my neck. And so it's just easy access. You know, I have to worry about leaving it in the car. One of the first things that I do after I brush my teeth is just slide my, you know, my buff or my gator, if you guys want to call it. I put it on because I don't want to be denied entry anywhere. But I go to this gas station and I'm the only person in there, including the employees that are wearing a mask. Like a big sign out front says, you know, based on, you know, local mandate or whatever, you got to wear a mask. I'm the only one wearing it. But, you know, here's the deal. I'm the only one has to wear it to protect me. Not going to judge those other people or tell them how to act or what to do. I just know that they told me that I should wear a mask, so I wear one. And she said, well, Steve, you're being a sheep. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, when I get ready to go get a cold drink, and nobody's going to say, you know what, we're not going to take your money because you're not wearing a mask because I'm, I'm in there. So be that as it may. I mentioned earlier in the show, if you are looking for somewhere to go watch a ball game this weekend and kind of congregate with other Bulldog fans or college football fans, Look no further than Bulldog Burger Company. Two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. You can go in. You can have a cold beer. You can have a great meal. You can bring the family, whatever you'd like to do, and you can watch a ball game. And uh, there'll be other people around that are, that are similarly situated as you. That maybe they don't have tickets or maybe they couldn't get enough tickets, and they decided, you know what, I'm going to go have a great meal. We're going to have a great time at Bulldog Burger Company. We're going to watch the, uh, the ball game. You can do that. So it's basically your tailgating destination these days is Bulldog Burger Company. Uh, they're going to have the games on every TV. You know, you're going to be able to go in there and sit down, and that's one thing you worry about. Oh, well, what if I get sitting in the wrong section? They'll change it for you. It's all part of the deal. Part of a great family of restaurants here in Golden Triangle that have served us so many years. They know exactly what they're doing. They know, they know how to feed people. They do. I encourage you to give that jalapeno popper burger a try. I had somebody last night at a speaking engagement tell me, hey, you know what, Steve? I didn't know they had that on the menu when tried it. I agree. It's the best hamburger on the menu. I still haven't tried it. I'm going to try to get down there this weekend. I've been on the road a lot this week, but uh, be that as it may, I like it when Bulldog Burger Company introduces new products because they're quality. I know once I get an opportunity to sit down and break bread again with the fine folks at Bulldog Burger Company and I order something new, I know that I'm going to like it. It's been tried, trust, tested, and tasted. So I know exactly what I'm going to get when I go to Bulldog Burger Company. You will too. Go check them out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's take a look around the SEC. As again, I mentioned there's two games that were originally scheduled for this weekend that have been postponed. That's Missouri, Vanderbilt, LSU, Florida. I think LSU was probably in trouble. In that ball game, I don't think they had to talk, to twist their arm to get them to uh, to agree to change the game. Uh, the early games would start Auburn, South Carolina. I think this has the potential to be a really, really barn burner ball game. Auburn has not been very good on offense, which is somewhat surprising. Uh, I'm a Bo Nix fan. I, I've talked to other people. I know Mike Nemeth, not a big Knicks guy. And here's the here's the rub that I'll make in all that. I don't know if Bo Nix really fits what Gus Malzahn wants to do on offense. I don't know if Gus really knows how to manage him. What I mean by that is, I don't, I don't listen, Nix is, is a good runner. But I don't know if you go design an offense around the quarterback run because I really don't think that's his strong suit. I think he is a very skilled passer. There are times he makes some poor decisions. But I think if he would play within the system, we always talk about it. It seems like only Mississippi State coaches get criticized for not building an offense or defense around the uh, skill sets of their players. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to chase that rabbit trail, but the bottom line is this. It's that uh, I think sometimes Bo Nix is an odd fit for the Gus Miles on offense, and I think that's really kind of come to bear this year because they've had so many other parts uh, on offense that have been um, either graduated or moved on. Uh, I, I love Seth Williams, though. I think he's an absolute stud. Love love his ability to elevate and high point the football. Gives Bo Nix a real option in the red zone. But South Carolina and Mike Bobo were impressive last week. And yeah, I know it's Vanderbilt. It is. But Derek Mason's a great defensive coach. This is a guy that puts together a good scheme. And Carolina went right through him. So I think a very confident Carolina team is going to come in there and keep this game competitive. I think in the end, the talent margin is too much for South Carolina to overcome, even at home. And I think Auburn wins the football game. But I, I almost picked South Carolina. And it's not that I expected South Carolina 
you know, not to take some steps forward with Mike Bobo. I just didn't think Auburn would struggle this much off- offensively. I thought most of their struggles would be on defense, considering all they lost, Derek Brown and others. One game that has the potential to be the best game of the day, Kentucky and Tennessee. You know, Kentucky benefited from six Mississippi State interceptions. Six. Six. I know you're tired of hearing it. Had 150-some yards of offense, 51 on one play. Kentucky's not a good team. And, and that's what makes last week's loss sting that much more, is they're not a good team. We lost to a lesser team in their backyard, and we gave the game away. Simple as that. Had two touchdowns nullified by interceptions in the end zone. And both times, Bulldog receivers had their hands on the ball first. It's a big difference, man. You, you look at a pick six. I mean, it's like we we threw the game away. It's as simple as that. I'm not going to sit here and belabor the point. I don't think Kentucky gets that kind of help from Tennessee this week. I think Tennessee is recruited at a high enough level. They're going to win the football game. I don't think Kentucky's very good. I think Kentucky ends the year with a losing record, and I think they'll be one and three after the weekend. Tennessee will be three and one. Uh, Tennessee lost their first game since starting that big winning streak last year by beating Mississippi State. I know I'm just pouring salt in the wounds now, right? But Kentucky, I mean, Tennessee had not lost a game the rest of the season and then began this season and uh, on a winning streak and were in good position against Georgia. But in the end, Georgia, simply too strong, too talented for Tennessee, put them away. As I said last week on the show, it's just another reminder Tennessee's not quite there yet. I still think Tennessee is a uh, blue-chip quarterback prospect away from really taking the next step. The afternoon game, Auburn, excuse me, Ole Miss and Arkansas. I like Sam Pittman. I do. Arkansas should be two and one. Arkansas has been in every game they've played this year, including the opener against Georgia. Now you say, well, it kind of makes some sense. You know, Sam Pittman came from Georgia. He should know some of their tendencies and their personnel. And that may be true. And in the end, though, Georgia pulled away. I thought Arkansas, to be honest with you, I thought Arkansas played Mississippi State better than Kentucky did. I thought State gifted the game to Kentucky. I thought Arkansas benefited from some Mississippi State mistakes, but they also went out and made some plays. I think Arkansas is a better team than Kentucky. I know Ole Miss beat Kentucky. Uh, and You can say, well, you know, if Kentucky makes field goal. Well, they didn't. They didn't make field goal. Ole Miss made the plays to win the ball game. And we can discount their one win, but the bottom line is, they made the plays to win the game. Uh, so you're tipping a cap to them. It's a ball game they shouldn't have won, but they did. Yes, they had some help from Kentucky, but it's, you know, it's just like our, our loss to Kentucky, too. We helped them. Uh, they don't put an asterisk uh, in that in the box score. They just record that as a loss, just like they recorded Ole Miss's win over Kentucky as a win. Uh, I've got Arkansas beating Ole Miss, though. There's a couple reasons why. Rakeem Boyd is back for Arkansas. And Ole Miss couldn't stop me and you and nine of your cousins, man. They, they absolutely couldn't. That You could line up and run the football on Ole Miss. I think Felipe Franks, if he doesn't throw the game away, will have a big day. I think Ole Miss can score. I, listen, I've been impressed with what Libby's done up there. This is going to be an interesting matchup with Barry Odom. They got to go to Fayetteville. Ole Miss traditionally doesn't play well in Fayetteville. Maybe it's my heart talking here. I think Arkansas will rebound – after being – some could suggest they got cheated last week against Auburn. I think Sam will use that as kind of building this esprit de corps. It's, hey, it's us against the world. They don't want us to win. Let's go out here and take it. Don't leave it up to one play. Don't leave it in the hands of the officials. Let's go out there and win this ball game. And, again, I just don't think Ole Miss can stop the Arkansas running game. You know, here's a little tip for you. You know, football is a three-phase game. You play offense, defense, special teams. You know, Ole Miss offense has been in the headlines – uh, the Ole Miss defense deserves to be in the headlines, too. I don't, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Ole Miss allowing 51.7 points a game. 51.7. In the SEC, dead last in the country. Ole Miss allowing 641 yards per game. Last in the country. And that's by a wide margin. North Texas is next to last at 578. And then East Carolina's at 505. So Ole Miss has a little cushion, to say the least. I don't think those numbers are going to improve. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Ole Miss is so soft up front and outside of Sam Williams, who missed a lot of practice time dealing with an off-the-field issue. 
This is an Ole Miss defense. It is abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. I think Arkansas takes advantage of that, wins the ball game this weekend. It will be interesting, to say the least. I'll get to our game a little bit later in the show. Georgia and Alabama. I actually picked Georgia in this ballgame. I know there's some other people out there that say, well, you know, with, with Nick and all this kind of stuff. Georgia's playing elite defense. They are. Alabama is not. Georgia has not necessarily been an elite offense. But I think this is the year that Georgia makes the move. That's one of the things we had talked about you know, early in the year. The SEC East, again, would bull down to Florida, Georgia. And then this could be the year, you know, for Florida to take a step, take down Kirby. And what does Dan Mullen do? Dan has a South Alabama-type moment, goes down to College Station and loses to Texas A&M. So now, Georgia's riding high. Georgia's undefeated, playing elite defense, one of the top defenses in the country. I believe second in total defense. They're going to have the athletes in the secondary that can run with Alabama. And I think all the distractions of the week with Nick Saban and Greg Byrne and all that stuff, I, I think that plays a factor in all of this. I think Georgia wins a slight upset. I think they go to Tuscaloosa and they win. And I think it changes a lot of big things. I think it changes everything because that's the thing when you begin to think about. If you're Florida, you're thinking, okay, we need Alabama to come through for us. Right, Dan? to kind of get even this thing up a little bit and give us a chance to basically, uh, you know, have a little breathing room here. You know, even though Florida still controls their own destiny, they could put a win on a win over Georgia and, uh, and win the East. But I think Dan needs some breathing room. I, I could see Florida losing another ball game, especially with a healthy LSU team. You know, Ty Grantham's got to figure some things out there, and there's no excuse for Florida to be this bad on defense considering the quality of athletes that they recruit on a regular basis makes no sense for them to go down there and lose that ball game. And that's the thing, too. I, I thought Tennessee – pardon me – A&M looked like the fresher team late. I thought Florida looked a little bit gassed. You got to figure it out, Todd. Because, listen, let's be honest. Florida defensively has not looked good in any game this year. Not a single one. You know, when Ole Miss got on them, we said, hey, you know, well, maybe you know, maybe Ole Miss defense is a lot better than we expected. It. And, that, and that's true. But both of those things are true. Ole Miss is better on offense. Florida is a lot worse on defense. And that has been a consistent refrain on the Florida message boards throughout the season. Is Defensively, they are nowhere near where they need to be. And it caught up to them last week and cost them a football game. Simple as that. So, Todd's got to figure it out. So, again, abbreviated schedule this week due to some COVID stuff and uh, hope that you and your family are free from working with all that stuff. Hope that, you, that harm and uh, all that sickness are far away from you and those you care about for sure. Today's top 10 list brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. You can visit them at MyBookie.com. Your winning season is here. Listen, we're getting ready to play a World Series. How cool is that? We could have a rooting interest in the World Series. And I don't just mean you Atlanta Braves fans. I know many of you are Atlanta Braves fans, and that's cool. I used to be a Braves fan when they uh, allowed Dell Murphy to leave. I uh, I kind of changed my mind about the Atlanta Braves. But I'm happy for all of you guys that are Braves fans and you one went away from playing for a World Series. You'll be able to bet on the Braves in the World Series, probably against Tampa Rays. And that'll be uh, Nate Lowe and Hunter Renfro. So much to the chagrin of many of you, I'll be pulling for them. I'll be pulling for the true Maroons. Uh, but if you're a lifelong Braves fan, hey, best of luck to you. I don't have a vested interest either way, but I would love to see a couple more Diamond Dogs get World Series rings. You don't have to worry with telling Joe Coleman. I'll tell him myself. No, but it, honestly, I, I, you guys have a chance to uh, to kind of wager, win some money on that, have some skin in the game. Uh, NFL's going on. College football's going on. UFC, NBA, and NHL are over. So we've crowned champions, and many people thought we wouldn't even play. But uh, what you need to do is go to mybookie.com. And use promo code Boneyard. That will give you an opportunity to double your initial deposit up to $1,000. What I mean by that is if you deposit $100, they are going to give you 100 bucks in house money to play with. So right out of the gate, right out of the chute, you've doubled your investment. You can't cash it out. you got to play with it. But it gives you an opportunity to maybe be a little more aggressive in your bets. And again, use promo code Boneyard. It's, it's a pretty simple. It's a winning season. Go by, check it out. If you are a person that believes that you know more than most people and you say, you know what, these guys in Vegas were absolutely wrong, prove them wrong by taking some of their money. Go to mybookie.com, promo code Boneyard to match your deposit up to $1,000.
So, uh, you know, here's the thing about music, and we talk about music a lot on the show, and I've had so many people that have approached me and said, you know what, Steve, I love the, the, the music top tens. You know, we didn't do a t- music top ten earlier this week, but um, I have kind of put this one off for a long time. I have probably had 20 or more people that have suggested that I do this one, and uh, it's real personal for me, and it's uh, Soundgarden, and I'll share this a couple things with you. So I was not a big Soundgarden fan initially because that's back when we were playing dance music and that sort of stuff. And so I was kind of kind of somewhat oblivious to it. But uh, I remember the first time that I heard Soundgarden was on on the um, Headbangers Ball with Ricky Rapman on MTV. And uh, the album Loud Love had come out. And uh, Axl Rose had given his endorsement of Soundgarden as the next big thing in music. And they, uh, they debuted this, the, the, the song Hands All Over on MTV. It was incredible. But it was a little different than what I was listening to at the time. So I, while I appreciated it, I, I didn't just dive head first. And so when I was in treatment, and I won't mention any names because I don't want to break anybody's anonymity. But um, so I had a roommate in treatment that said, hey, what do you think about Soundgarden? I said, I like them. They're OK. I haven't bought any of their albums yet. And so he loaned me Bad Motorfinger. And uh, it changed everything for me. The Bad Motorfinger album was incredible. I, obviously, I had heard Alex Shine and a couple other tracks off there, but uh, not a bad song on the album by any stretch. And from that day, I was hooked. And so one of the things that I think, one of the reasons that Chris Cornell is so special to me is that at the weakest time in my life, he was the strongest voice. And so I got a lot of, I drew a lot of strength from his words. There's a lot of wisdom. Of course, Chris is the person that also went into recovery. And uh, so in many ways, he was kind of singing my my story. You know, it's the thing there. A lot of people, you identify certain artists at different points in your life that, uh, you know, that they mean something special to you for, for reasons that are difficult to explain. But for me, Chris Cornell was that guy. And so when Chris died, tragically hung himself. Uh, it's the only celebrity death that, that I've ever, you know, sometimes, you know, people die and you think, oh, man, it's awful. I'll never get a chance to see them play live again. You hate it for their family. But when Chris died, it was one of those things that really, really struck me deep because, you know, I just thought, you know, here this giant was, this person that had put on such a pedestal and they were gone forever. And uh, with them, their wisdom as well. Uh, so we're going to do uh, we're going to do a couple of days over the next couple of days. But uh, today's top 10 of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell's uh, first band. So there are no bad Soundgarden songs. There are some that I like more than others. But uh, let me run through the, uh, the honorable mentions here before we get to the top 10 list. Um, we're going Slaves and Bulldozers off Bad Motorfinger. And then All Your Lies, which I think is the best song off of the initial album, Ultra Mega OK. Uh, Pretty Noose, Mind Riot, Spoon Man, Holy Water, one of my favorites. I almost put that in top 10. Love Holy Water. My Wave, Head Down, Big Dumb Sex, Been Away Too Long, and Bones of Birds. Some of those are, uh, are outtakes or B-sides that maybe you're not quite familiar with, but that's a thing. When you love a band, you don't just love the, the things they play on the radio. You get deeper in the catalog, and you find your own favorites. All right, so here are my top 10 Soundgarden songs. And, and listen, if you ask me tomorrow, they might be a little bit different. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Number 10, Off of Louder Than Love is Loud Love. Uh, great tune. One of those songs, too, where you first get a chance to hear the, the great range of Chris Cornell. Great songwriting. Number nine for me, this wasn't a single. I've loved this song ever since I first heard it on the Super Unknown album. And uh, when they had Tom Morello on, I guess it was Octane, after Chris passed away, they let Tom pick a song, pick a favorite Soundgarden song. And Tom picked this one, Mailman. And uh, I love it. It's dark. It's heavy. And um, I love the lyric where he says, I know I'm headed for the bottom, but I'm riding you all the way. Great tune. And uh, one that's the whole thing, that whole Super Unknown album. I think any of those songs could have been singles. This is one of them. Number eight, off of Down on the Upside, It's Burden in My Hand. You follow me to the desert as thirsty as you are. Some of the best lyrics of Chris Cornell's career were on the Down on the Upside album. It gets a little bit overshadowed at times because music was kind of changing. And then 
Chris was trying to do some solo stuff as well. Number seven, going back to Bad Motorfinger, Rusty Cage. Great video. The guitar is incredible. One of the things I like about Rusty Cage, it's almost like three songs in one. You know, they, they have the chord change and they kind of slow things down and speed it back up late. Great tune. It was actually on Beavis and Butthead, if you remember that, right? <laughs> Number six, we discussed the song earlier, Hands All Over. When I saw them at the uh, Kiefer Arena in New Orleans with uh, UMI and Reverend Horton Heat, they came out and played encores probably two or three times. And uh, the last one was Hands All Over, and I thought, you know, no set list would be complete without Hands All Over. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Number five, this is a B-side, but it's Room a Thousand Years Wide. And uh, this one actually not written by Chris Cornell, written by Kim Thale, a guitar player from Soundgarden. One of the heavier songs on the Bad Motorfinger album, and that's really saying something. I, I, love, I love it. I love the siren in the background the whole way through. This is a great track. Number four, and many people would say this is their favorite Soundgarden song because it was so popular on MTV. And this is really when Soundgarden kind of, kind of, I guess you would say they kind of cashed in from being an alternative rock band to kind of being a mainstream band, but it's a Black Hole Sun. To be honest with you, I thought it was a little overplayed. I love the song, but uh, it was like once it went big, it went mega big, and everybody was listening to it everywhere you went. There were a lot of people getting into Soundgarden for the first time. So you're always happy when your favorite artists have some success, and that's kind of what it brought more fans. Number three, going back to Bad Motorfinger, one of the most blistering songs in the Soundgarden catalog is the Jesus Christ pose. Love this one. It's one of those, anytime I put it on, the volume knob gets a workout because I can never get the car loud enough. It's just incredible to listen to. It's a great driving song. Be careful to set the cruise before you put this one on because instinctively you go hit the gas pedal. Number two, and some days this is number one for me, but it's off the Super Unknown album. It's Fell on Black Days. And I think a lot of people kind of see that as the quintessential Soundgarden song. Uh, I could see it going that direction. Uh, again, it kind of shows the duality of Chris Cornell, this great endemic singer, but also to a guy that struggled with depression and drug addiction at uh, various points of his life. But uh, one of my favorite lines in the song is, uh, a searchlight soul, they say, but I can't see it in the night. It just goes to show you there are a lot of people that kind of put him on a pedestal, but yet he was a guy that still struggled with his own frailties and his own character defects. But uh, love fell on black days. But number one for me is Outshined. I think that's the one that really got the rocking community behind Soundgarden. They were more than just a grunge band. But they were just, they were legit. They weren't a flash in a pan on a scene that was going to be there temporarily. They had some staying power. And probably one of the most memorable lines in the Chris Cornell catalog is, look in California, but feel in Minnesota. And you can figure out that as you will. So that's my top 10 Soundgarden songs. Uh, you may have your own top 10 list, but your list would be wrong. But uh, again, Chris Cornell, very special to me. And uh, any chance that I get to listen to his music, I do. Uh, anytime I take a road trip, sometimes I'll just put on these old albums and just let them fly. You know, there are just so many good songs that um, kind of were left unsung. And uh, this is one of those losses for me that I will continue to feel. I know everybody has those in your life, you know, whether it be, you know, an artist of a, you know, of, of music or whatever. There are people that, that kind of provide the soundtrack to your life and you lose them and you find you kind of feel a little bit lost at times. But uh, I love the fact that they've released a bunch of old B-sides and uh, covers. You know, they, they recently released the Chris Cornell's cover of Patience from Guns N' Roses, which is incredible. And so if you're looking for something fresh, if you like Chris Cornell, go listen to that. His arrangement of the tune completely changes the dynamic of it. It's kind of ironic that Guns N' Roses singer Axl Rose was the first guy to really push Soundgarden on the mainstream rock scene. And then now in Chris's death, you find out that he had a Guns N' Roses song in the catalog covered somewhere. So that's the list. If you have an idea for a top 10 list, shoot me a message on social media. I may just use it. I apologize if I sound a little nasally. All of a sudden, in the middle of the show, I've had to deal with a little allergy. So I've taken the Zyrtec, so hopefully that'll clear things up here shortly. But, uh, but nevertheless, uh, I remind you guys, too, I was at Campus Bookmart yesterday, went by and signed some copies of uh, both Flim Flam and Stark Villains because uh, they had essentially sold out. So thank you guys for that. 
You can get all three of my books there, Alpha Dogs, Stark Villains, and Flim Flam. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And Stan the Man hooked me up with some bowled peanuts. How cool is that? Me eat those before I head to town today. Great selection of Mississippi State clothing. Great selection of Mississippi State gifts. Just about anything that you want. They can put an M over S or an M state on. You can find a campus bookmark. Uh, matter of fact, Miss Kathy Brown is at a show right now looking for new Mississippi State products for you guys. They're always looking to expand, always looking to uh, add some clothing to their line. Saw, listen, I saw a Jolly Roger blanket there yesterday. I almost bought it. I almost bought it. They have a Jolly Roger blanket laid over a rocking chair in there, and that's just my cup of tea. And so if you're looking for that kind of, kind of stuff, you can go get it there. They've got those uh, flags, too. they got those Bulldog Pirate flags. You can get those there. Incredible. There are many of you that have said you were kind of reluctant to get on board with that. Go ahead and get them. They, they can't keep those flags in stock. So go to campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Be sure to get a flag, get a book, get something for yourself. Outfit the family, maroon and white. We've got a lot to look forward to. All right, so let's talk about this Mississippi State game. If you have noticed, the line has actually come down. When the line opened, I guess it was about six and a half, and a lot of State fans said, oh, it should probably be more than that. Last I saw, it was down to four and a half. A lot of money coming out late on the Bulldogs. A lot of people wondered what's going to happen with this A&M team after they get the signature win. And let's be honest, Kellen Mond has not played especially well in Starkville, Mississippi. Look forward to seeing him here. Matter of fact, he's had one decent game against State, and we just kind of got over our skis last year and didn't play well at College Station. But he is a much better quarterback than he has been. Had a chance to uh, visit with one of our coaching staff last night. One of the things that I was told is that, uh, you know, he is one of those guys, too, that will make you pay if you get a little sloppy. Like if you show too much in the pre-snap read, you show that blitz coming off the edge, you show that blitz coming off the nickel, he knows exactly where to go with the football. He will – audible into a hot read and make you pay. And that's what experience does for you. When you've got a guy like that has been around for a few years, even if he had some struggles early in his career, he's seen every look, he's seen every coverage, he's seen every blitz package. And so you've got to change some things up. You can't just run the traditional stuff at him and hope for the best. He also has shown kind of a reluctance to run this year. And I think a lot of that, too, is he's trying to show people that he can be a pro-style type quarterback and deliver the football. I thought he made some big throws against Florida especially late in the game when they needed to go make a play. Kellen Mond made the plays. Uh, as Zach Arnett mentioned earlier this week, 61% on third down conversions. That is ridiculous. Mississippi State, of course, one of the best teams in the country defensively against third down uh, at around 31%. So something's got to give. Whoever wins that battle, getting A&M either to move the chains or get them off the field on third down, probably going to win the ball game. Now, a lot of you are turning in thinking, okay, well, Steve's going to give us some lineup changes. I do expect there to be at least two changes to the offensive starting lineup tomorrow. And no, I'm not going to give them to you because I haven't been able to confirm that. I've talked to some people. Uh, you kind of want you get things secondhand. You got to be careful with that. I've learned that the hard way. You know, and sometimes you run with stuff, and then the coaches will change their mind, or perhaps something happens, or somebody gets banged up, or somebody misses a test, or something like that, and they, they go back and revert to what they've done before. But at, based on what I know. I am confident there will be one lineup change tomorrow and possibly possibly two could be a third one. We'll see how that gonna progresses tomorrow. And I hate to be so coy about that. I want to be forthright with you guys, but I would hate to say, hey, this guy is definitely not playing tomorrow, and then he play, and you're like, oh, well, he didn't know what he's talking about. I just tell you that I am aware of all this smoke. I've been investigating this since Sunday. been hearing about some things since Sunday. Uh, and then, you know, maybe we talk about it more next week. But uh, let's see what tomorrow holds. 
But yeah, I do believe there is some substance to some of the things that have been rumored. It's just a matter of getting somebody in Mississippi State to kind of say, yeah, here's what's going on. Even if they're not quoted on the record, uh, people have been somewhat reluctant to confirm these things this week. And so, it's you know, listen, you, you talk to a lot of people, and that's one of the things you learn about life is if you talk to enough people, you can hear whatever you want. But uh, at the end of the day, I think you've got to go with what uh, go with what you believe and go with what you can prove. And at this point, I can't prove a whole lot, but I suspect a lot. I do think that there will be uh, a change on the offensive lineup for sure, a very prominent name. Uh, but I've been told this week the practice has been very good. Uh, and, you know, again, you hear that a lot, but uh, talk to a couple different people that uh, have no reason to be dishonest with me. I said, you know what? It's been a better week. It's been a better week. Yeah, I think last week we might have pushed a little bit. I think against Arkansas we may have been caught up in our press clippings, but I think we've had a dose of reality and that we're practicing a little bit sharper this week. And so, and here's the thing, too. They don't score practice. And nobody's going to come back and say, well, you know, listen, let's give those guys an extra couple of points because they had a good week of practice. That's just not the reality of things. The reality of it is, is we got to go out there and score points. And I think Mississippi State can score points on the secondary. I think Mississippi State can score against A&M. I think Mississippi State could have scored against Arkansas and Kentucky too, but it was about our own ineptitude rather than their crisp execution. It's about what we didn't do rather than what they did. That is correctable. That's the thing. If you had defensive players out there kind of overwhelming you, you could say, you know what, well, maybe I'm just not talented enough. But that hadn't been the case. These wounds have been self-inflicted. Mike Leach said earlier this week that uh, we're better than we've played. And so my hope is, my expectation is, that some things kind of begin to click this week for the Bulldogs. As I've said many times on this show and others, and your Bulldog wide receivers have not been zoned up a whole lot just because of the fact that people were committing more safeties to the box, and so they were in man coverage because people could cover you man-to-man. They didn't worry about you beating them man-to-man because we had we basically had you know kind of a crop of possession receivers that most of the time it was just about securing the catch rather than running after the catch. So it's been a new experience. They've seen it now for a couple of weeks. They should have a pretty good idea now how to attack it. And some, and some coaches have kind of mentioned on social media – as you know, when you're playing against the zone, you got to go set down in the zone, and our guys are just kind of trying to run through the zone. Uh, that doesn't work. And you got to go find holes. You got to uncover. You got to sit down, work back to your quarterback, and then go get some yards after the catch. And so that that makes for a slower ball game because you're not catching and running. Lots, a lot of times you're just kind of catching and covering and getting down. And we've seen some of that. Running back play's got to get better. We got to be able to break some tackles and move the chains. But one of the things that I want to talk about, and I shared this yesterday at the speaking engagement, I am for Mississippi State, and I am for everybody else that is for Mississippi State. And so as long as guys are wearing the maroon and white, I'm going to support them. I may not always agree with them. I might not like some of the things they tweet. I might not like some of the behaviors they exhibit. But I'm going to support them because they're part of the Bulldog family. Not going to turn on them because uh, you know they make a bad play. I'm not going to excuse a bad play, but I'm not also going to get out there and say, you know what, this kid ought to have a scholarship pulled. It's easy to say that from home. It's easy to say that when you don't know the people involved. And so we talk about, you know, Dak started this whole thing. You know, we don't have fans; we have family. Uh, some of you have chosen to be fans rather than family. I choose to be uh, true maroon. Uh, I don't know if I've had, I really have a choice in the matter. That's just kind of how my dad raised me is that, uh, you know, we want what's best for Mississippi State. And so here's the deal, and I'll break it down as best I can. If you're a Fairweather fan, it's okay to call yourself a Fairweather fan. It's, it's funny to me how people won't wear the label. They'll exhibit the behavior, but they won't wear the label. And so it's like, yeah, as long as State's winning, I'm a huge Bulldog fan. But if we lose, eh, no, not so much. And then, you know what, that's okay. We need all the fans we can get. We need the million-dollar alums. We need the T-shirt and flip-flop crowd. Well, we need the fair-weather crowd. We need the, the single-servant ticket crowd. We need the Sky Dogs. We need the left-field loungers. 
we need Rick's Rowdies to come back and be something different. But we, you know, we need every fan we can get. We're a small fan base. But I encourage you to kind of understand this. If you go back and look at Mike Leach's career, this is not the first time that he has faced some level of adversity like this. And they've overcome it. You know, guys, Washington State was pretty much a joke of a program throughout their history. You know, Mike Price had some good years there. Mike Leach, of course, had some good years there. But by and large, they were an afterthought in the Pac-12. They're much, they're, they have the lowest budget of the Power Five schools in the country for football. And he nearly made the playoff with Gardner Minshew, a grad transfer quarterback. And then people get caught up in that and say, well, we've already tried that twice. It doesn't work. You know, well, it worked pretty well for Gardner Minshew in Washington State. You know, Tommy Stevens had never been a starter in college level. And that was a chance that Joe Moore had took, and, and Joe, you know, hitched his wagon to Tommy. didn't work out. The poor kid basically went out of glass. And so you can't indict Mike Leach for the fact that Joe Moore had signed to grand transfer quarterback. It didn't work out. While both of those guys came out of the transfer portal, those situations are not similar in any other way, in any other aspect. To compare KJ and Tommy Stevens based on their college resumes, it's not fair to KJ. And it's probably not fair to Tommy either, because I don't think he's nearly the player that KJ Costello is. But I believe Michael Leach is going to get this thing worked out. That's the thing that excites me about the defense being so far ahead. Could you imagine how bad it would be if the offense was sputtering and the defense was playing poorly? Defense is playing outstanding. They're going to be tested this week with uh, Isaiah Spiller, for sure. Arguably the best back they've seen. But as I told you guys earlier, you know, LSU's got four and five star running backs. State was able to curtail them. You know, Arkansas has got some good backs too. You know, so I, I don't think Isaiah Spiller is that much farther ahead than what we've already seen. But the, their commitment to the ground game is going to be interesting. I think Isaiah Spiller's an NFL guy. He's the guy that runs through tackles and runs away from people. So you got to get him before he gets going. I also think that we're going to do a good job getting pressure on Kellen Mond. Nobody's been able to do that. Just a one sack on the year. I think the main thing with Mond is even if you can't get there, you got to affect him. You got to bring pressure in his face. You got to force him to get a little erratic with the throw. You got to make him get rid of the ball before he's ready to. That leads to incompletion and, in some cases, interceptions. And, and Kellen Mond has proven to us over the course of his career that he will give us football if we're patient, if we make him be a quarterback. And that's what we struggled with last year. We let him get out there and be a runner, let him break and tame and make plays with his feet. You know, we got to keep him in the pocket. That's what he wants to do, but we can't just sit back there and let him pitch and catch. We got to get in his face, kind of hurry him up a little bit, get him in a decision making process much earlier. But I think State's going to win a football game. Call it a homer pick if you want. I think State's going to win a football game. I think because of the fact, I think State's hungrier. I think A&M in many respects might be a little bit satisfied. But they're coming to a place they haven't won since 2012. They have not played here, played well here since Johnny Manziel was a quarterback. We've won three of the last four in the series against them. And for some reason, we tend to play well against them. I also think Mississippi State's angry. I think Mississippi State wants Texas A&M a whole lot worse than A&M wants Mississippi State. I think A&M is kind of dealing with some of the same things that Mississippi State dealt with after beating LSU. I think State is ripe for the upset here. Now, I may look like a complete fool tomorrow, and you know what? It won't be the last time or the first time. But I think State's going to win the football game because I think I think A&M is a little bit challenged offensively and defensively, especially in the secondary. If State plays clean, I think State wins this ball game. I think it's going to be close. But if State plays clean in this game, State's going to win the game. And now, State, if we go out there and throw another pick six, and you know what? I don't know what to tell you. But if we throw another pick six, you know, we're not going to win the game. You know, it's that that's that's the thing that irritates you so much because it's basically a 14-point swing, right? Because you give them seven, then you have to score again to get even. So it's basically a 14-point deal. It's not just a seven-point deal. You're giving them points, taking points away from yourself. And so we've got to find a way to get that figured out. Uh, I do think KJ Costello starts tomorrow, but I do think he's on a short leash. I think Will Rogers is primed and ready to go. I know Jalen Maiden has taken a lot more reps this week. 
Uh, and listen, I think some of that, too, is you send a message to KJ, but you also send a message to the rest of the team that, you know what, the competition is ongoing. Nobody should get comfortable. If you don't produce, then we got to get somebody else to play in your spot. Uh, but I feel really good about, you know, kind of what as things kind of move forward. An afternoon game, Davis Wade Stadium, Cowbells, we do a good job atmosphere-wise. I think we need something big to happen early, whether it be a big turnover or a big return or something. I think we need to give the offensive short end of the field and we find a way to get the ball in the end zone just to kind of get those guys to relax a little bit. We're playing tight on offense. We're playing tight. And it's because of the fact that we've struggled the last two weeks to put points on the board. Now, I really, I think last week, I think KJ Costello was so incredibly frustrated. He hung some balls up for grabs. Because it was just like he just couldn't couldn't win for losing. It's like we we put a drive together. Next thing you know, he's misses a guy in coverage underneath and throws the ball right to him. And so Mike has got to get him playing with confidence again. My hope is is that happens this week. And again, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but if we go out there and play clean, it's going to be a good day for Mississippi State. And I welcome my new sponsors of the show. You know, many of you like are looking for investment property or a second home here in Starkville. And some people thinking, you know what? We're going to build a retirement home up there, Steve. So let me share with you this. Let me give you some some good information here. One of Starkville's newest housing complexes, Portico, loaded right off Garrard Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership. Great, great area. Guys, it's 1.1 miles from campus. 1.1 miles from campus. Easy access to 82 and 25. There are going to be 50 houses in the development with 18 in the first phase, and those homes are approaching completion. So it's almost move-in time. There will be 33 houses in the second phase, and that will begin here in a few months. We expect these houses to go quickly. Houses will range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, from two-bed two bed to two-bath, up to four-bed, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. So it's not just, you know, like a bunch of houses built there in a pasture. This is a planned community, okay? And you're also going to enjoy the fact that um, you're going to be working with the former Diamond Dog star that uh, robbed a home run against the University of Washington in a six-game regional to send the Bulldogs to Omaha. That's right, Brooks Bryan. You can contact Brooks. He's one of the developers. Write this number down. Go ahead and pause the show and grab a pen and paper. 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. You got a Bulldog investing back in the community in Starkville. And again, many of you are looking You're looking for a home. You're looking for a second home, looking for an investment property. Uh, Brooks can take care of you guys. Again, that's Portico right off of Garrard Road. And it's all right here in the heart of activity. And if, if you've been to Starkville recently, you notice there's a lot of properties kind of up for sale on that end. There's more businesses coming in. Uh, you probably want to act quickly there. Get involved with Portico. All right. So before we get out of here, when I leave here, I'm going to be on my way to Maroon and Company. I'll be signing books at Maroon and Company from 2.30 to 5.30. And then later this evening, for all of us that couldn't get dates, we're going to do a Facebook Live show at 8 p.m. Central. You can find me over at the uh, Bulldogs 247 Sports Facebook page. You should like that page anyway if you hadn't already. Just like the page. We don't put any VIP content over there, even though you should be a subscriber. But you can peruse our free content. Anything that we think is interesting to Mississippi State fans gets posted over there. But I'll do a Facebook Live show there. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be at the Lodge from 10 to 1 o'clock. Then I'll make my way over to Davis Wade Stadium. On Sunday afternoon, if you're still in town, go by Book Martin Cafe. I'll be down there with Miss Carolyn for the um, Brunch and Browse event. And then on Monday, I'll be at Dab's Pharmacy in Matheson, Mississippi. It's going to be a busy stretch. So I'll update you on Monday, the rest of the week's schedule. But uh, it has been incredible. So many great faces and people that I know came out to the Starville Touchdown Club last night. It's been a great week. Great week at the uh, Bulldog Shop there at Meridian. Had a huge signing. We actually sold more books during the Alpha Dogs tour than we did at Stark Villains when we went to Meridian. And if you are looking for signed copies in Meridian, the only place you can find them in Meridian is the Bulldog Shop. That's one of the things that we do. Uh, Talking to my publisher, when we get into some of these Mississippi State towns, uh, we don't want to saturate the market with books. We want to be loyal to our vendors. And so Bulldog Shop, the only place in Meridian 
you can go get the book. And uh, I left behind about 30 copies signed. Had a great meal just around the corner up there on 22nd, a little place called Jeans. And I'm, I'm leaving, going back to uh, get in the car and leave. And I had two people stop me by getting books. And so that, if you're looking for them, that's where you can find them. Uh, right there in Meridian. Happy to say, too, there's a retail presence in my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi for the first time. You go to the flower shop there on Church Street, just off of Main Street there in Columbia. All three books are there. Also, if you're in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you can go to Campus Bookmart. That's right. You know, Stan the Man and them have the, the, the place here. They've got a location right there on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. And while it is a Southern Miss place, you can find my books there. So if you're a Hattiesburg person looking for the book, looking for a gift or whatever, you can go by Campus Bookmart and pick up any of the three books right then and there. We'll have a full list of that uh, later on. Adding new signings all the time. Matter of fact, I updated a schedule over on Gene's page earlier today, and I think it was half a dozen dates that have been added. I know we uh, recently just added a Capital City Grill uh, event for, uh, for later this month down in Jackson. Looking forward to that. And uh, they've been after me for a while. And so if you're looking to, uh, to set up a signing, reach out to me. I'll put you in contact with Janet. She handles the calendar. And uh, then I go down there and sign books and look cute and smile for the camera. So there have been so many great people that have reached out to me and said, hey, listen, Steve, I've, just, I've read all three books, which is so incredibly amazing to me. And they said, hey, this story needs to be in the next one. Uh, so that's probably going to be 2022 before I write another in that series of books about Mississippi State fandom and the rivalry and that sort of stuff. I uh, don't know if it'll be like an old Miss type, a state old Miss type book, but it's probably going to be, I'm probably going to focus on just kind of big and historic wins in the program. And uh, I've got some people lined up that I love about this. One thing I love about our, our Bulldog family is people say, you know what, you need to talk to these people. These people were season ticket holders, you know, back when, when we didn't win, you know, um, these people were season ticket holders back when there wasn't a lot of reason to buy season tickets. And this person's been a, a part of the Mississippi State family for so long. Got some great stories to share. And I want to tell those stories. I also want to interview some other greats. Yeah, there's some names that I kind of left out thinking about a third book. You know, I mean, I haven't interviewed Don Smith yet. Haven't interviewed Will Clark yet. Haven't interviewed Eric Dubos yet. You know, so I, I've got some Bobby Reed. You know, I've got, there's some other names out there. There's always something else to write about. And uh, we're going to win some other big games in the future. But uh, I'm looking forward to beginning this process again. It'll be a different year next year. And uh, there's a possibility that I have two books out next year. Again, we're still working through all that. I don't like to announce things until they're official. You know what I'm saying? It's like once we know for sure, I'd hate to say, hey, we're gonna, this is going to happen, guys. And then it not happened because I don't have to explain what happened. And so I don't, I don't want to have to explain. And still, so until contracts are signed, that sort of stuff, you just got to bear with me here. we got some cool things that we're working on. Um, some some in relation to Flim Flam, too. And so I think it's important uh, that we just kind of stay up to date on all that stuff. But um, I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful. Got ner- word yesterday uh, that Alpha Dogs – debuted in limited release on the Mississippi bestsellers list. Wasn't even in all the stores yet and uh, still debuted at number eight on the list. And that's three books in a row that have debuted on the Mississippi bestsellers list. Uh, I can't begin to share what that means to me. Uh, I love telling the Mississippi State story. I think it's important because we have been so grossly misrepresented and basically unrepresented at times in Mississippi's literary history. It's like all these books about the rivalry were written by some old Miss guy, and they misconstrued so much of it and kind of tilted it in their favor. Uh, so now we have some representation. And uh, rather than me writing these stories myself and just kind of talking about, well, this is what really happened, I thought, you know what, instead of me just kind of romanticizing these tales, let's go directly to the people that played in them and get their thoughts and comments and, and learn something, not just rehash scores and old newspaper accounts. Let's try to learn something and share something new. That's one of the reasons that I was so intrigued by talking to Bill Anderton for the Game of Change is because, you know, Bill's a guy that he was a sophomore on the team, but I don't know that his version, his story, his tale had ever been told until now. And I've had so many people that say that's their favorite chapter in a new book. It means everything to me. It's, it's our story to tell. It should have been a bulldog writing that story in the first place. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, you guys have been so great and so gracious to me, and I really don't know what to say sometimes other than thank you. Uh, so we'll be out again signing books as long as we can do it 
uh, healthily, as long as we can uh, do it safely. And uh, I encourage you, when you do come out, please wear your mask. Not just for me and not just for you, but people around you. Please do it. Now, I'm not trying to make a political statement or anything like that. I just don't want there to be any drama. When you come to these stores, most of them require that you wear a mask. I'm trying to do a lot of these signings outside to make it a little more convenient for everybody and people can feel a little bit safe. If they want to stand and visit for a little while, uh, we can do that. And so I'm trying to do more of these outside as best I can. There are some of our traditional bookstores in Mississippi are not doing book signings because of the fact that they, uh, they're not wanting to bring in crowds of people and have people wait online. And so what they're encouraging people to do is to do online orders. And, and like when I go in and do a signing, if you want a personalized item, you just let them know. And then when I get there, we can handle it that way. So it's a little different this year. We're still doing a lot of events. I didn't expect to have as many as we have, but there are a lot of our vendors out there that are kind of struggling uh, to get caught up. As I've shared with you guys before on the show, please support your favorite Starkville vendors uh, by getting gift cards or online shopping. I know it's, I know it's so it's easier to go to Amazon. I know that it is. I get it. But Amazon's always going to be there. Yeah, I don't know, you know, some of our great Starkville vendors will always be there. And so if you are given the opportunity to buy online, let me encourage you to buy from one of our local Starkville businesses. Uh, There's so many of them that support my efforts, and uh, I do my best to support them, but not even the ones that don't. And there's, there's some great places. I know Giggle Swick on, on 12, a lot of people love that store. Listen, all of those places need your business. They don't just want your business, they need your business. They have been severely handicapped uh, by the fact that we have basically had uh, little to no traffic this year uh, from our normal game day visitors. And so I encourage you again, think about that. You look on Facebook, find your favorite Starkville businesses uh, and support them. I look forward to being back out of Davis Wade Stadium uh, tomorrow. I know many of you will be there. Many have asked about capacity. When are they going to raise capacity? I, I was told it only affects one home game for Mississippi State. I was told not to expect any change until November at the earliest for Mississippi College venues. Now, that may change, but I was told even in September, if they decide to raise a mandate, don't look for that to change for State and Ole Miss in the month of October because there's a lot to that. I mean, you've already gone through and just kind of moved everybody around seat-wise, and you're going to have to tackle that again. Uh, if if you expand things. And so I don't know if that happens. I don't know if we don't just stick with what we have for this year and be done with it. But don't expect, you know, we're not going to have 100% for sure. I think that is a relative certainty at this point. We will not be 100% this year. And I don't know what to expect at Dirty Noble yet. I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens when we go through flu season. What happens? Do we have another spike? Do we, uh, do we have to kind of limit attendance again? I, I don't know. So we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. But you can rest assured there are a lot of people involved in this, from Mike Ritchie to John Cohen and other people that are involved. Uh, They want you to have a good time from a safe distance. And uh, it is something that they agonize over regularly. When I I have conversations uh, with John and others, uh, I don't know that anybody at Mississippi State's really having a lot of good days. What I mean by that is it's not that, you know, every day working for Mississippi State should be a good day, but that being that as it may – there's a lot of difficult decisions that have to be made. And uh, when you have to limit attendance and you have to kind of set some encumbrances in front of people from a safety standpoint, uh, it is an inconvenience, but it's necessary. And so, it, But I know that it in many ways impacts your enjoyment on game day. So nobody relishes that opportunity to say, you know what, hey, you, you can come, but here's the deal. You know, we're doing the best we can. And I think it's important that everybody, if everybody just give each other a little bit of a break, let me encourage you to, when you get ready to come to campus tomorrow, know where you're going. Know where you're going because there's a lot of these people that work for the event management group. They don't know where your parking section used to be. They don't know where you're supposed to be now. So take some personal responsibility. All of it's out there uh, on your parking pass, on your ticket. It shows exactly what gate you should come through. So don't just assume other people know where you're supposed to be. Take some personal responsibility. All right, let's get out of here for today. I'll be back on Monday hoping to recap Bulldog win. Uh, looking forward to doing another victory dance for you Facebook livers. And uh, it'd been nice if we'd already had like a history of that three, we'd, three weeks of that, but uh, we haven't. So maybe, maybe Kellen Mond will help us out in that respect. And uh, we can have a vis- victory dance on Facebook live uh, next week.
But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.